Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Welcome along to the latest Keegan episode. I don't even know which. I, I say this at the start of every one. I don't know which which episode it is. I keep meaning to check before we do it, and I keep forgetting. Who cares? I'm looking now. Do you ever think about people who might have had this podcast recommended to them or they've heard about it? <sighs> Try and not then, And then they just uh, start listening. Yeah. Like, say, on a random week. Yeah. And it's just us fucking... Talking shit. Full of... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, even if they'd listened from the beginning, it would still sound like two blokes full of shit, yeah. but... Do you ever feel as if we should say something in case it is their first listen? Well, like, like what? And say, like, sorry, or you might warm to it, or just give us a give go. It, give it two episodes, see if it sticks. If not, fuck off. Yeah, you don't fucking want you. It's number 14. Uh, it's part, yeah, go fuck yourself. It's part 14, right? It's part 14, right. Keegan. Here we go. Right, chapter 8. 26% into the book, according to Kindle. Mm. So that means we're now on course for 56 episodes of this. That's a year and a bit. We'll do extra ones at Christmas. Uh, right. This chapter is mainly about England, Kev's uh, England career. And he talks about... Yeah, uh, it's good, this chapter. He talks about the, the World Cup qualifier in 1974 when England drew 1-1 with Poland. Yeah. Um, and th- they needed a late winner. Five minutes to go. Alf Ramsey turned his head and the call finally came. Kevin, get changed. Because that's how Alf Ramsey spoke, wasn't it? Yeah. He says, I leapt to my feet with visions of scoring the goal that would alter the course of English football history. Ray Clements, sitting beside me, also knew the urgency of the situation. And in his excitement to help me get my tracksuit off. Mm. <laughs> why's, really weird, why's he got Ray Clements helping him to get his tracksuit off? Hey, I'll help you with that. Come here, Kevin. I'll, Fuck off, I'll Ray. Get, Ray, get your hands off. Come on, it's just like bedtime. I'll help you get undressed. Come on. <laughs> he whipped my shorts and underpants down to my knees, presenting the royal box at Wembley with a rather unexpected view. <laughs> oh, this is. Oh, we meet two veggie out. Oh my god. This was the. This was the seventies. It was the height of kind of confessions and. The Carry On films yeah, and things it. like that just happened every day. Yeah, saucy thing, saucy knockabout stuff happened wherever you went. You could in the seventies. You, you didn't could it? see if they were going to make a film of this book that Robin Asquith could play Kev. Yeah, for Kevin especially Keegan, for yeah. scenes like this. Uh, Who'd play Clements? Jim Dale. Jim Davidson. No, Bernard Breslau probably. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Kevin, right, right. What on earth are you doing? Hey, I've been in the international setup longer than you. I don't get a truck you don't off. know how to do this sort of thing first. <laughs> yet, hey, 
The Queen's just seen me pummel. <laughs> these, these England tracksuits are tricky. They don't like the Liverpool ones. I'll help you with that. I like to imagine the Queen was there watching. But, twist, Alf turned his head again and gave me a strange look. Not you, Keegan, he said with that posh voice. Kevin Hector! And as, of course. Of course. As I shrank into my seat, it was the Derby County player who ran over with a chance to make himself a hero. Just my luck that we had two Kevins on the bench. Oh, just my oh, luck. Eck in fuck. <laughs> Eck in shit fire. <laughs> so England were out of the World Cup. And um, he says, I captained England over 30 times, won 63 caps and scored 21 goals. But how can there be not be regrets when the sum total of my involvement in World Cup boils down to 26 minutes as a substitute, which of course is what he did in Spain 82. Um, The bottom line is that we weren't good enough. We could beat our rivals in the British Home Championship if it was a good year, but did we have the star quality to go any further? Do you remember the British Home Championship? I think they got yeah, rid the, of it in yeah, the mid-80s. They, every, every year they all played each the other, the didn't season. they? All four. Yeah. yeah. I remember Wales... There's be- too many other games. I remember Wales beating England 4-1 when I was a kid. And it was an outrage because that wasn't he supposed to happen. He talks a lot about Wales. He talks a lot about Wales. He does, yeah. He seems to have left a bit of taste in his mouth. Yeah. So he talks about the 78 World Cup when England failed to qualify for that. Uh, a greater setback because that was the part of my career when I was playing at the point of maximum expression. That Ooh. sounds like a German phrase he's picked up from Hamburg, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. What I want from you, Herr Keegan, is to play with how you say maximum expression. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is. It is a word that is unique to the German language. Max expression sprack. <laughs> oh, I'll try my best. What do I do? Wave my arms <laughs> around when I'm running. Sounds a bit fancy for a lad from Donny, <laughs> but I'll try. <laughs> well, I've got this permed haircut, so, you know, that's a start. And if I wave my arms about when I'm running and pull some funny faces... Who knows what's possible? Uh, anything to give me the extra edge, extra 2%. Uh, he says, I spent my summer trying to keep busy rather than torturing myself watching on television. I was not what you call a good watcher. I didn't even tune in to see Argentina beat Holland in the final. I went outside in the garden instead and I played my own World Cup final, the Kevin Keegan World Cup, where it was me, as England, playing against my big dog. <laughs> what was his dog called again? And he was a world, he weren't one country, he was the best of all the other <laughs> countries put together in a super universe And the team. planets and everything and that. Paul Breitner, Pele, all of them were represented by this one dog. The little alien from the Looney Tunes cartoons, he was in it as well. Captain Caveman. He was the captain. <laughs> all of them. And on Kung Fu, oh. were he an alien? I'm not sure. Must have been a Kung Fu dog. He wore a mask. Come off Perhaps it. he was an alien, I'm not sure. But I beat them 5-0. <laughs> and I was crowned Kevin, King of the Universe. <laughs> I still don't know what the score was in that World Cup final. <laughs> and then he talks about the Dutch and the 76 European Championship uh, and total football and all that kind of thing. Uh, I'll never forget Holland's visit to the Wembley the following February and the crushing sense of deflation when the striker Johnny Rep wandered over. And that's, of course, you know, confirmed that Johnny Rep had the finest name of any footballer who's ever lived. Yeah. Johnny Rep. Only, only closely challenged by the current day Wolves player Johnny Johnny yeah oh there's also Swansea's yeah. Angle Wrangle but I think uh, Angle Wrangle I think Johnny yeah. Rep is, is number one for me of all time yeah he says Johnny Rep wandered over with 10 minutes played to offer his professional opinion 
<laughs> Kevin, I've got my professional opinion for you now. Oh, that'll be good. That hey. could be insightful and instructive. You want to hear a professional opinion from me, Johnny Rep? <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a notebook in me sock and a pencil. Hold on. How long is it going to take, though? Because I've got a couple of commercial engagements I need to uh, that I'm obliged to turn up to after the match. <laughs> uh, he says, Johnny could never seem to pronounce the N in my name. He also had that typical Dutch trait of being very straight to the point and not thinking it necessary to sugarcoat his words. Kevy, he said, this is the worst <laughs> England side I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> wow Kevy you have big problems <laughs> yeah alright oh, do you know mm. what Johnny thanks for that but can I say something why don't you fuck off <laughs> you long haired twat <laughs> kind of a name's fucking and it's Kevin actually not Kevy you fucking not fucking baby you Dutch cunt you're right alright all the rest of these players are shit fair enough I take your point but this team still got me, Kevin Keegan, in it's it. It's beating right? heart. And any team, any team with old double K in it has got a fighter's bloody chance. <laughs> the score was... You horrible piece of shit, Johnny Rep. <laughs> I'm going to tackle you hard. I'm going to tackle you hard, Johnny Rep. Just you see if I don't. Johnny Rep, have you seen me with my top off? It's fucking awe-inspiring. <laughs> I know I seem like a nice lad, but if you see the power in my torso, you wouldn't be talking to me like that. It remains the only time I've ever got angry. With a Dutchman. <laughs> the, the score was nil-nil at that stage, and though I liked Johnny and was friendly with a few Dutch players, I thought it was a bit off to make such a sweeping statement so early in the game. Then Holland scored one, quickly added another, and it was exhibition stuff for the rest of the match. <laughs> jo- mm-hmm. Johnny was bemused that a country with 13 million people could be so much better than one with over four times that number. That, unfortunately, was England all over. We had quantity, not quality. This is it! He talks about being England captain. Um, it was an incredible height to stand at the front of that line, knowing it used to be Bobby Moore in that position. The national anthem would start and I would sing the words. Then a few days later, one of the traditional England caps would arrive in a rich blue velvet with a silver quartering and a tassel. I'm not a showy person oh. by any means, but I have all of mine in a display cabinet. And for a time, I wore them whenever I went out, even just down to the shops for a pint of milk. The softness of that velvet. I I don't know if they still make it proper velvet, you know, which I think is made out of chinchillas. (laughs) Oh, it was so deep pile. I'd just sit there. Gene would come home from the shops and I'd be sat in front of the telly just rubbing the caps all over my cheeks. (laughs) I used to wear the caps when I went out. I'd stack them all up, one on top of the other. And the more I got, the harder it got to get them all stacked up and go out down the shops. And I told Gene that it was my ambition to be the first England player to win that many caps that if you piled them all on top of each other, they would reach the moon. (laughs) She was right behind me all the way. You can do it, Super K, she said. (laughs) Unfortunately, poor managerial decisions plus some injury problems put pay to that ambition. (laughs) So Joe Mercer made him captain. While he was caretaker, yeah. right? I don't know who Joe Mercer was. Was Joe Mercer like a trade union official or something, like a trade union leader at yeah, the time? Yeah, they, basically <laughs> what happened was Don, Don Revy quit unexpectedly to go and work for some Arabs. Yeah. And um, they had they were in a hurry, so they had to get the... Um, no, this was, no, this was, pre, this was pre-Revy. But I think Mercer might have took over again afterwards, but this was he 74, did. pre-Revy. Oh. 
Oh, right, because Joe Mercer was the head of the Transport and General Workers That's right, Union. yeah. And he was actually became one of the architects of the winter of discontent it was due, later that remember decade. Remember, there was two general elections in 74. The second one, there was yeah. two votes. First one was, who do you want to be your MP? Second one was, who do you want to be caretaker England manager? And Joe Mercer yeah, and, won uh, that one. It was it was very much like the current momentum and Corbyn sort of situation. There was a lot of entryists, yeah. people voting who didn't usually vote. The trade unions, they had a block vote, yeah. so they were able to successfully elect their own man as, as the manager. boss of the England team. Yeah. Yeah. But that that was the seventies, mate. The year, I mean, I'm all for unions, but they were out of control. When you're in a situation where the unions wield that much power that they can it's decide who the England manager it's not is, on, is it? you've got to do something. Yeah, yeah it's not on. <laughs> So he talks about a 1974 tour of Eastern Europe, which he says was one of the worst experiences of his life. Buckle up, because it's good. Yeah. So um, This is amazing. <laughs> Joe Mercer basically was England manager, but didn't give a fuck. He'd, uh, he made a big impression on all the players, determined to take the pressure off and uh, make them all laugh all the time. He said, enjoy it. You're here because you can play, so go and play. And if you want a beer... Have a fucking beer. I don't care. I'm only here for ten fucking minutes. <laughs> All right, that. Let me make this clear to each and every one of you, in case you're not hearing it proper. Right? I could not give a flying fuck. <laughs> right? I'll be back at the union doing what I do there, doing what I know best. Right? So as far as I'm concerned, it's a little jolly around Eastern Europe. Boss, who will you be picking? I don't fucking know. I don't care. Whoever fancies it, go out. All of you go out. I couldn't care. It's a, just a fucking extra bit of tickle for me. You know what I mean? I've got <laughs> I've got four weeks unpaid leave at the TGWU, and I'm just coming around with you lads just to, you know, make sure the hotels are all booked and all that sort of thing. You're fucking working out amongst uh, yourselves who plays. I couldn't give a shit. All I'm hoping for is a few drinks and maybe a bit of tidy European bit of leg over. You know, when I'm aw- away from the missus. Probably a bit of leg over. You know, what happens on tour stays on tour. Know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Double K? I certainly do not, Mr. Mercer. <laughs> I am extremely faithful to my gene. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> oh, all right. All Whatever. Right. I get the drift. Fine. Early night for you, is it? Right, <laughs> fuck off there. Just don't go grassing up everyone else, you little prick. Yo, I'll go back to your mini bar for a wank. <laughs> Here is a map. There's some fucking churches on it. Get yourself down to one of them. <laughs> uh, he says, our first Mercer. game was against East Germany and we drew 1-1 with a goal from Mick Shannon before following Joe's advice to go for a few drinks. Again, there, he's, he's just that little thing about being against drinking, isn't he? He followed Joe's advice. It wasn't like we wanted to yeah. do this. But uh, he does. Then it was on to Bulgaria where Frank Worthington gave us a 1-0 win in Sofia and it was the same again in the hotel bar afterwards. There were a few bleary eyes on the flight to Yugoslavia for the final leg of the tour. Right, hang on. We've got Joe Mercer, who's the, a union leader, and this tour is in Eastern mm. Europe. Do you think this has been yeah. done in cahoots with the Soviets? Yes. Definitely, is it? Simple answer to that is yes, yes definitely. That's how they operate. Yeah. Jalapeno. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jalapeño. Our happy-go-lucky attitude counted against us when we landed at Belgrade Airport. We were, str- we were travelling in our own gear. There was nothing to signify we're actually an international football team. And of course, Frank Worthington had been dressed like a cowboy. Because that was what he did, wasn't it? Yeah. Cowboy boots. Oh, yeah, he did. Cowboy hat, spurs, lasso, something like that. You've seen him. You've seen him on the um, footballer special of Come Dine With Me, right? I've not seen that since it was on, yeah. Is it still online? I think it's the funniest television programme ever. Deep dive? It's fucking more than worth a deep dive. I don't think I've ever laughed at a television. I mean, it's years ago it came out, so I might have false memories, but I did go through a phase where I watched it very regularly <laughs> on YouTube. It's him, Colton Palmer, <laughs> John Fashionu, and who's the fuck? Neil Ruddock. Oh, right? fucking hell. But fucking, like, Worthington is an absolute mess. He, he, go, he, he goes, for his first course... He makes avocado vinaigrette, right? Yeah. And then Carlton Palmer comes in and goes, oh, Lord, Frank, what is avocado vinaigrette? And he goes, oh, well, actually, I must admit. And he's all trembling. He's got the shakes. <laughs> I must admit, this is something that my daughter told me about. I'd not heard of it before, but she gave me this recipe. Oh, it sounds did exotic. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but basically, what are you doing? This is an avocado, right? And he goes, oh, oh yeah, what's, what is it? And he goes, it's, it, it's like, you know, a fruit or something. I don't know. Anyway, what you do is, here's the avocado, right? And then, here's the vinaigrette. And he gets a bottle of fucking Sarsen's vinegar, right? Yeah. And he just pours it into the middle, into the hole in the avocado. And then he serves four of them up. <laughs> it doesn't appear to be on online. Unless it's on Channel 4's all four catch-up thing. But we should try and source not it. Not on YouTube. Not on YouTube. Not on YouTube. No. No, it's not. You know, we've got to get, if anyone out there knows how we can get hold of it, I mean, I'll get involved with I'll call, like, the production company or something. I mean, it's a fucking classic. It's a gem. I've got um, I've got a copy of Frank Worthington's autobiography as well. It's called One Hump or Two. <laughs> I'm getting that. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> that sounds deep-diveable as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So they're going through the airport of Belgrade in their civvies. Usually the FA officials would lead the players through and we'd all wear blazers with a collar and tie. This time we went through in dribs and drabs. I followed the signs to the baggage reclaim area and sat on the edge of the stationary carousel. I was carrying a bag containing two beautiful pieces of pottery that I bought in Sophia, one for mum and the other for Jean. What you got in that fucking bag, Keegan? Fanny powder? (laughs) A baby fanny powder? (laughs) No, it's a a couple of pots that I've bought, lovely pots I bought in Sophia, one for my mum, one for Jean. But they've got fanny powder in them, though, yeah? You're using them to smuggle fanny powder in and out of Eastern (laughs) Europe, right? I don't know what fanny powder is, Mr Mercer. I'm sorry. (laughs) At this stage, of course, I was yet to go to Hamburg, where, as you'll remember, it was my neighbour who introduced me to fanny powder. (laughs) Or as they call it, 
cunt and sprinkle. Back then, though, I was naive and wet behind the ears. I had no idea what he was talking about. Joe, Joe Mercer was livid. You seen Frank Worthington over there? He's got fanny powder about his person, haven't you, Frank? That's right. I swallowed 12 condoms full of it earlier on. They're all in me guts. <laughs> no problem. I'll be on the plane and then shitting them out when I'm back in Preston. No problem at all. And don't worry either, because i got a dozen hungry customers lined up for as soon as I get back. I'll go and shit them out down the local dog and dock. That's where I'm meeting them. And they can rinse them off ourselves as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Not getting involved. That's not part of it's not part of the deal. <laughs> Keep one back for myself, of course, me and the missus. <laughs> we'll have that on Friday night after a tea. <laughs> uh, Alec Lindsay, my Liverpool colleague, had a tape player going and started fooling around on the carousel walking the wrong way like a character in a silent movie. A tape player? Funny about on the carousel, Frank Worthington ambled through. Uh, it was all completely harmless till one of the airport guards grabbed Alec and threw him against a wall. It was a complete overreaction. I was doubled up laughing when suddenly I was grabbed from behind and lifted violently off the floor. Whoa, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, hey, heck. Heck. Who's that? Is that you, Frank Worthington? <laughs> oh, get off. <laughs> Is that you, Ray Clemens? You're trying to pull me shorts down again. Uh. <laughs> I wondered at first if it was one of the other lads messing around, but the sheer amount of force made me realise it was sinister. My carrier bag split open and the pottery smashed up the floor. Oh, you've split my carrier bag open! I swung my arm back instinctively to try and fend off whoever it was. A guy in a uniform appeared. Suddenly there were two of them. One was a policeman. And when I was dragged into a side room, the battering really began. Oh my God, he says. I lost count of the number of times I was punched, clubbed and kicked. <laughs> I'm laughing but it's not funny I've lost count of the number of times <laughs> I did start to count oh, have any of you one, fellas oh, been keeping two, count of oh, how many three. times you've been hitting me because I've lost count now uh, oh five uh, unfortunately I couldn't speak English I think they were counting in Yugoslavian <laughs> then I was forced to my knees and worst of all made to bow my head like a prisoner of war <laughs> I tried to appeal for mercy mercy mercy, mercy. please but the more I spoke, the angrier they became and I was kept in that position, head bowed, on my knees, hands behind my back for around 20 minutes, looking down at the blood spattered on my trousers and wondering what the hell I had done to deserve such a beating. Fucking hell. He describes them as goons. They kicked his head they in. kicked his head in, yeah, and bent him over like a prisoner of war. Like Guantanamo style. Definitely, yeah, orange boiler suit and everything. I think they hogtied him they by the sounds done, yeah. of it. Or they were gearing up to hogtie him. They might have done a cavity search as well for fanny powder. He doesn't mention it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, the irony was they didn't search Frank Worthington's <laughs> bum for fanny powder. If they had, they were, I, was, I tell you what, I was tempted to grass him. Instead, they searched me for a good two hours and they came up with nout. <laughs> I was shivering with fright and shock. These police officers belatedly realised I was not an England supporter, as I presume they had thought. All of a sudden, because Ted Croker, the FA secretary, turned up. Ted Croker was the um, he was chief executive of Unison, I believe, as well. Oh, right, yeah. So they were all union yeah, men. Yeah, all union men. Uh, on a jolly. Oh, what's all this? <laughs> I'm Ted Croker. <laughs> I've got a certain stature, you know. 
I won't be having this. No, 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 no. Kagan, get off. What's going on here? (laughs) We're Englishmen. Don't you know we're here on behalf of the Queen of England? (laughs) Keegan, you made a fool of yourself. Get up, man. (laughs) But they kicked me head in, Mr Croker. I don't care. They got me bent over like a prisoner. Help me, Ted Croker. Help me. All of a sudden... You they were... sullied the name of this great nation. All of a sudden they were trying to clean me up, mopping away the blood and doing their best to make me look respectable. They'd done such a good job with their fists and boots it was almost impossible. And I still have the photograph mm-hmm. of the team doctor, Neil Phillips, checking me over. Can I have a copy of this photograph they're taking, Neil? <laughs> In case people don't believe me, we sorry, Mr Keegan. We no know. We think you hooligan. It's just a bit of fun. This and that. <laughs> Is no problem. You don't need to go home, tell Queen. <laughs> yes, we'll give you a photograph. We will sign photograph as well for you, as a memento. No problem at all. And you sign this for my son? He likes Liverpool's very much. <laughs> no, I will not be signing anything. You're a, Frankly, you're a horrible man. Sir Guy over there is trying to glue together your pots again so you can take them home. They're lovely, lovely pots. <laughs> we smash because we have tip off that fanny powder in pot. <laughs> pot not have any fanny powder. <laughs> We sorry. It's bad information. <laughs> it happens. What are you going to do? Many, many fanny powder traffic through Yugoslavia is bad. <laughs> East European it's fannies. bad for the people. East European fannies must not be exposed to this stuff. It's too much for the ladies to handle. It's bad for fannies. It's bad for morale. <laughs> Is not good. Edict come down from Kremlin. They say no, no fanny powder, no powder, no, no more powder fanny on powder for you. Fannies must be natural. That's why we have to be so rough. East European fannies have to be natural. It is what Karl Marx said. <laughs> you read in Des Capital, yes, Herr Keegan? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just want to go home to jeans and be you honest. You lost me at the Kremlin, to be honest. <laughs> The entire incident was painful, humiliating and frightening and the other players were so horrified when they saw the state of me they wanted to catch the next flight home and abandon the match. Joe talked them into staying. Now look, lads, we've got an itinerary here and I really need to be in Tbilisi by 5pm tomorrow. I can't say any more, but we really need to get there. (laughs) Let's just say I'm on a bit of a promise, right? Fair enough. Kevin's had a little bit of a shoo-in, right? It happens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's not be babies about it right and ruin my holiday Wait, hang on Kaffer it's not holiday it's supposed to be the boss of the... yeah 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 whatever he said she said the problem is if Keegan if Keegan can stop fucking crying for five minutes like a fucking fanny then we can get on this plane and I can get over to, from a meeting <laughs> in Tbilisi Fucking hell. Look, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Frank Worthington? <laughs> I, I, I do. <laughs> Fine. Listen, all I'm saying is I better get on that plane and over somewhere soon, because if not, these fucking Johnny Rondoms are coming out of my arsehole right here, and then we're going to be back in the fucking beating shop again. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm having to clench my ass cheeks here for dear life. So, I, so let's fucking go one way. Let's fucking get on the plane to the police here. I'll get on the plane home. But let's not stay here five minutes longer. Let's fu- oh, there's about ten grand's worth of fanny powder. It's going to end up all over this floor. 
he's the deal, right? We'll get a Tbilisi, get Kev up to his room, dab some TCP all over his wounds, and then Neil Phillips can tranquilise him, knock him out for the night. <laughs> and then I come up smiling. <laughs> then me and you, Joe, we'll be out on the fucking tiles all night while he's sleeping like a fucking baby. Like the baby that he is. Give us a bit of respite from his fucking bleaching. <laughs> Where's Croker? Is he fucked off yet? We don't need him sniffing about either. <laughs> oh God! So the, he some of them wanted to uh, abandon the match, but uh, Kev said that was the last thing he wanted. There was no way I was going to lose an England cap on top of everything else. I need the cap. I'm trying to get me caps all the way to the moon. We've got to play the match. Um. <laughs> uh, I always played well when I was angry, and on that occasion I was livid that I could be treated so badly. We drew 2-2, and I took a great deal of personal <laughs> satisfaction from scoring one of our goals. Then running past the fans and giving them the right good finger. <laughs> Albeit a finger that had a plaster on it, because it had been stamped on. <laughs> I vowed to myself that day that I would never return to Yugoslavia, and that just wasn't a heat-of-the-moment reaction. I was psychologically scarred by the ordeal. This is curious, right? Because a few years later, when he launched his pop career, where were mm. the impresarios from who wrote his song and got him involved in all of that? Fucking Yugoslavia, weren't they? Yeah, this is interesting. Mm. Maybe there was contact. Uh, Mr. Keegan, it, uh, my brother, Sir Guy, <laughs> he um, kicked your head in a few years ago when you were on England duty. <laughs> I, uh, we always feel bad, so I now we it. bring opportunity to you. Yes, I remember, Jeff Vincent. Don't worry about that. It's not sort of thing you forget in a hurry. Yes, calm down, Mr. Keegan. We have proposal to make amends for you now. We write pop song. Oh, keep talking. <laughs> Finally. We write, we write pop song. It's big hit for you, Kevin Keegan, sexy pop singer. Head over heels in love. You like? And then we say quits about the kicking. We are prepared to give you... <laughs> 15% of the revenue. We can't say fairer than that. Oh, that sounds very generous. Well, I swore I'd never work with Yugoslavs ever again. But I've got to admit, I never expected an opportunity like this to come along, so I might have to perform a U-turn. <laughs> um, when Hamburg drew Hadjuk split in the European Cup some years later, I went to see the manager, Branko Zebek. Of course, he used to sit on a bucket and get pissed. Um, mm. To let him know I didn't want to go. Branko was upset. I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not going, Branko. I'm not going. Branko was upset as a Yugoslav to find out what had happened and told me I could not let one terrible experience turn me against the whole country. Kevin. Kevin, you are, Kevin calm down. You are oh, but a racist. Branko have terrible, terrible hangover. <laughs> you Please stop shouting. I don't really. Now say again. Say again what problem. I've said I'm not going to play that game in in Yugoslavia. I've been there once before and they kicked me head in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, Kevin, he's just misunderstanding. Happens sometimes. This and there, that. Perhaps they... When was this? It was in 1970... It was in the early 70s. They probably think you have fanny powder on you. <laughs> there was a lot of trouble was made for us by Kremlin <laughs> in that era. Well, that they, funnily enough, they did mention that. <laughs> But the fact remains, on principle, I cannot go back there. You can't tar us all with the same brush. <laughs> I never kick your head in. <laughs> and he got talked round in the end. 
because he's a teammate. Ivan Bullian had the same message assuring me the people in his country liked and respected me. He says, I'm glad they taught me round, but it was touch and go for a while. Ooh. Because when you've been put on your knees in the way I was, like a man waiting to be executed, mm-hmm. it is not something that is easy <laughs> to forget. <laughs> no. Which is fair enough. What's that? They like and respect me, you say? Well, maybe I can go there after all. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. We'll leave it at that for this episode. And uh, Don Revy's about to come in as the England manager. Yeah, uh, that's good stuff. So there we are. Excellent. Thanks thanks for listening again. Thanks for listening, top, top everyone. Top Fanny Perder again, but what can you do? That's life. What do you expect? Fucking hell. Keep it company. Bye-bye. infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com